Hello and welcome back to Turf Talk. It is a final weekend of proper grade action, really, in the UK before the Cheltenham Festival. A trio of grade twos at Kempton and the big money Coral Trophy handicap chase. We've also got a decent card at Newcastle with the Ida headline in there. And there's the final attempts qualifier, I think, at Chepstow as well. Hopefully to try and pick some winners of me here. Is Jim Watson a liable? Doing very well. Uh, not unlike you, though, to be fair. There was, I saw a picture of you early on. You look like you've been in the walls properly this week. Yeah, I brought me nose playing football, uh, li- literally 45 minutes before we started recording. Uh, <laughs> I had blood all over my face. Uh, I-, I am all right now. Uh, well, about as well all right as you can be. Look, anything for three points, Jim. <laughs> you've got to do what you've got to do. Uh, and this weekend, I'm quite looking forward to it. Normally, I think he's a little bit of a copo. Um, the Adonis and the uh, Dove Cut I normally take with a pinch of salt, but there's some nice horses in it this year. And uh, a decent card up at Newcastle. Uh, there's also the Bobby Joe in Fairy House. And not, uh, probably the, the last of, of good weekends before Cheltenham. Yeah, and I, I think it probably is a little bit better than, than often this weekend, Jim, to be fair. I think kind of like the Adonis and the Dovecut and the Pendle were kind of races that were slowly uh, downgrading year to year. I, I, I think they're all right this season, though. Uh, a couple of a couple of little interesting angles, and that's where we'll start at Kempton with the 150, the Coral, Adonis, Juvenile Hurdle, and Scriptwriter. Heads are betting there uh, for Paddy Brennan and Milton Harris at 7-4. Falls and those rare Middleton. Seven's Perseus Way. 11, Sarsons Risk and Pabapure. 25 Spartan Army and 40 to 1 the Churchill lad. I think this is pretty simple, Jim. I think Scriptwriter will take a hell of a lot of beating. If there is one to beat him, it could well be Rare Middleton. Yeah, um, they're, they're the two that head the top of my list. Um, Scriptwriter, in my opinion, is a little bit short. It was odd Milton Harris's comments after the race saying, well, he believes that Paddy Brennan possibly at the front too soon and the uh, O'Brien horses tend. And when he gets them off them, they tend to know what they've done enough in front. And I thought that was a rather odd comment. I'm not 100% sold on comfort zone just yet. I know we saw him one win the grade one at Christmas and he carried the penalty uh, against these in the juvenile in January. I'm not overly sold on that form. The, the fourth has, has run since uh, and finished third at market race and beaten 27 lengths. So I'm not entirely sold on it just yet. Um the one horse who I, who I think has a, a very good reputation coming into this race, I think will improve once again. He's Rare Middleton, uh, as Lewis mentioned. He won as much as he'd like against the elders in a maiden hurdle at Taunton, beaten Park the more uh, only by three quarters, but Harry Cobden barely moved on him like if he'd have asked him at any time. He had good form in Ireland with uh, Andy Oliver. Uh, he beat Zoffman, who was a fairly decent uh, animal on the flat and went over hurdles um, and then won a Leopardstown maiden so um, he's we've only seen him three times and once over hurdles he's with the right outfit big bull of a horse uh, a new combination of Brian Drew and Diana Waitley at the weekend and um, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing Rare Middleton out I, I've heard a lot of good things about him and uh, hopefully he offers a bit of value at four to one. Nurse rep going right-handed is something that he'll want. Um, there were Daryl Jacobs' comments fairly 
uh, straight away. He was making a few errors at Fairy House behind Blood Destiny, and he, and he, he was well beaten by Lossie Martin in the, in the Frank Knight Juvenile. Um, interesting bit of placement here. He's got the Irish form, brings it into the race to see how about some whereabouts away from everyone we are. And I think scriptwriter in Ray Middleton will be better than him. Um, I'm, I am looking forward to this race. Um, scriptwriter, did you say scriptwriter is the leading juvenile for England this year? Uh, I can't think of anything obviously better than him, mate. So this will be a rough, rough guide to, um, lossy mouth whereabouts he is if he beats Nurse Rhett this weekend or uh, Middleton does um, so an interesting little angle script right is the, sh- the shortest of any of them he's 14 to 1 number and no bet for the triumph Bulls Ennis next so um, be a nice marker to know where we are and who's going to be finishing second behind lossy mouth in, in March yeah mate look I, I don't think he's got any real chance in the triumph I think he, he... <sighs> On another day, I could have seen him beating comfort zone, but I think that is a little bit uh, fair away from the form shown by Lossy Mouth and Gallimasso and Blood Destiny. I do really like him, though. I think he's a very, very nice animal. Uh liked how he travelled both times at Cheltenham as well. I think he'll have absolutely no issue with the short, shorter, uh, sharper Kempton track here. Obviously, a very good horse in the, uh, on the flat in, in only four starts. Ran twice in Group 3 company. Uh, you know, Ended up in the autumn stakes as a two-year-old and then his, his only start at three was in the Bally Sacks. Uh, I, I, I just don't really see how any of them on form so far could get the better of him. The uh, the one I think with the most potential to improve is, is Rare Middleton, who only won by uh, three quarters of a length at Taunton. It was on his hurdling bow. Obviously, he was, he was a massive price when he was runner-up in a in a current maiden in a 24-runner event on his debut and then he went one better on his next start. And he, he could be absolutely anything, this horse. You know, sold for uh, 215,000 guineas. You know, six-figure. He, he, he's, he's a fine the ultimate, mate. That, that horse, because we never really got to see exactly what he was of <laughs> on the flat. You know, and he won as snugly as you'd like at Taunton on Hurdle's debut that with these connections could be absolutely anything. He could be anything from a 130 horse to a 155. Uh, I, I think we know his scriptwriter is probably going to end up being a 140-ish, maybe plus animal over Hurdle's. Uh, Red Milton could get past it. I think Sasson's risk were a nice animal as well. You know, He was progressive on the flat and uh, was in control from a long, long, long way out when he won at Doncaster early in the month on his hurdles bow. Absolutely tanked along. So he's another who's, I think he's, what is he, 11s? That might not be too poor in each way price. But, uh, Perseus Way as well. He's he's one not to, he's £2 better off with, with scriptwriter. Uh, and he was only two lengths behind him at Cheltenham. So I, I, don't, I think he could be a little bit of value as well if you're having an each way play. Yeah, hopefully, pal. Hopefully that's that for the Adonis onto the uh, two twenty five the Coral Pendle Morris's Chase and they bet seven to four Boot Hill to beat three to one that's all right Gino seven to two Solo eleven to two Tweed Skirt and fourteen is JJ Riley 
again, Jim, it might sound a little bit too obvious, but I, I'm just not really sure how we get Boothill beat here, even though he's conceding weight. Uh, he just sets a clear standard and has already a, a win in this company at Kempton to his name this season. Arguably, beating a beating a tougher rival in Ock and Risk than what he opposes here. Yeah, completely agree. Um, he's better off at the weights anyway, even though he's carrying a penalty by the official handicapper. Um, I know Paul Nichols' record in this race is next to impeccable. Uh, Solo comes here and, and he won on this card back in 2020 winning um, the, the juvenile hurdle. Yeah, what rating did they give him after that? Like 194? Even <laughs> 157, didn't they? Christ. <laughs> now he's down to 141. Uh, we've seen him win once in the meantime, and that was a that was a novice chase at the beginning of this season. Um, genuinely, everyone thought he was the second coming of Jesus Christ, beating Fujimoto Flyer. Like, ah. where's Fujimoto Flyer nowadays? That also had a mad reputation, didn't it? He's at Compien. That says it all. Um, we didn't really see the best of him, and Trem Trem Wedge was was in in behind in third. Where's he nowadays? Um, so. Um, the solo will have to improve again, and I, I think he's he's done his improvement. He's been brushed aside by Thunder Rock and Balcor Coastal over on admirably in, in graded chases, but I don't think he's up to the level of Boot Hill. That's all right. Gino um, steps into this. The better ground will suit. It. I thought he ran a really good race behind Stage Star, Star on good ground, but I just don't think he's as good as as Boot Hill. He made a few errors that day as well, so I'd mark it up. We saw him beat uh, Boot Hill beating by. Uh, three quarters of a length at Newton Abbott um, early on in the season and he'll be better off at the weights here but I, I think Boot Hill's continued to progress and I know he got beat last time by Tommy's Oscar uh, and the form of the third's been beat since but I just feel like he underperformed that day. That Doncaster two mile novice chase always seems to throw up an, an odd result and it certainly did there. His form has been next to perfect throughout the season and, he, and he's certainly progressed for fences. Uh, proper campaign this season by Harry Fry and, and I don't think we'll be seeing him in March uh, at Cheltenham, maybe at Aintree, but good horse, 74 is a price I'm certainly interested in. I thought it'd be a lot shorter. Yeah, I, I think that's fair, mate. I, I just think Boothill is at the price. It's a very, very solid bet if you wanted to take a short one uh, this this weekend. They'll have no issue with with two and a half miles. You know the defeat behind Tommy's Oscar. In fact, I think he's probably decent form for for novice chasers in this country. Improving all the hurdles last year, he's continued on an upward curve as a chaser. Uh, find it hard to see him beat. Uh, this is a little bit of a mad one, though, Jim. I was just looking at previous races earlier, previous pendles, because he's a little bit of a uh, you know second rate grade two sometimes. You know, and obviously Solo's connections have won it loads three times in the past decade. Irish Saint, Tamarock Dumatan and Pick Dorhe. And I just had a look back at the uh, 2014 renewal gym. Boulder Suse beat God's Own. Yeah. I guess you were sent off favourite to beat them both. Uh, oh, if, if you get it, I'll be gobsmacked. This is testing my knowledge. Yanworth. No, mate. It's not a bad shout, Yanworth, though. It's probably a far more forgettable horse, given how good Boulder Suse and Godzone turned out to be. Uh, Fox Appeal went off 5-4 to, to beat them. Fox Appeal? 
Yeah. Was he, was he Lavelle's? Uh, could have been Nicky's. It ran in the colours that Lavelle does off some of them. Uh, yeah, the white, white and uh, more of the, it was Lavelle's, Jimmy, correct? <sighs> so the red rookie colours, I think. Yes. Yes. That's proper testing the memory. He went off favourite. Five to four to beat Baldur Susie and Godzong. That's just borderline stupid, isn't it? <laughs> we love a bit of after timing from things that happened nine years ago. <laughs> <laughs> As we move on uh, to the three o'clock gym, it's the Coral Trophy handicap chase, the feature race of the weekend, I think most would say. Captain all five to one to follow up from last weekend's Ascot success. Six is Ansam. 13-2 St. Carbados with Harry Cobden in the saddle. Eight's Our Power. Nine's Frodon and Clondor Castle. Twelve's Phlegmatic Killer Kane. Fourteen's Killer Clown. Twenty-two to one. Bob Hope on our hope. Enrillo, Giacomo and 33's Black Jerry. Competitive this gym. Do you have the winner? Of course I do. Um, and now he's got a fairly competent jockey on board. Dropping in Mark. Uh, I can't ignore St. Carvados. Um We've we've seen him win graded action off higher marks. Um, yes, he has been disappointing in a two-runner race behind Cole Cody where he pulled Maxwell's arms out. Um, and he did. He just was never really in the race at Kempton. He was very, very generous to David. <laughs> yeah. Um, but he's down to a mark of one one five four. Um, we saw him uh, when he has run in handicaps previously. Uh, we have to go back to 2020 for that. He was second to Allgrange Wood off 157. He then went on that season to finish behind Min uh, in the Ryanair. Uh, the season after, he uh, finished fourth behind Frodo in, in the King George. His form around Kempton isn't awfully that bad. He's finished fourth in the King George, third in the King George. Um, and <laughs> there's been arguably reasons why he's ran so poorly in that race. Um, he's into a handicap here. He's more regressive than a few of these, but the, the handicap marks something I really I can't not take my eye off. Cobden is absolute mustard at the minute. He's, I don't think there's anyone in the England, Ireland, Scotland or Wales that's riding better than Harry Cobden. Uh, he's far superior at the minute. And at 13-2, to two, he's a price I'm very much interested in. Captain Odd, a nice jockey change, a very valuable claim. Um, and he, he needs to do this to give this a fair quick turnaround. Um, I know he won fairly impressively last week, um, but I'd, I don't like horses turning around this quickly. And Sam was an impressive winner when I nicely fancied him in early January. Um, but he's Gone up a fair chunk in the handicap, another seven, and that's probably blown his chances here. Um, but for me, St. Calvados is, is one of the best bets of the weekend. If there's four places around, I, I, I think it's daylight robbery that he's 13 to 2. Um, and one at a slightly bigger price that I'd be interested in is Phlegmatic. Um, three miles around Kempton is something I think he'll get away with. I'm willing to put a line through his, his three mile on. The day, day after Boxing Day when, when Remastered won, because he was caught up in that debacle at the start. Um, and I know Remastered came back uh, and, and won the race, uh, but he just never really got in a rhythm after it. Um, and he was slightly disappointed in that Masters race at Sandown, 
where he never got in a rhythm. But some of his form uh, round Kempton over two mile four and three miles, he's been very good before. Um, he won off marks of one, two, three and one thirty. Um, but he has finished third at Ascot early on in the season off one three eight. Um, he's dropped down in in uh, the handicap now, and at twelve to one, I think he's one that certainly offers uh, a decent bet. Uh, uh, on ground that he does enjoy, we've seen him win round a good ground, Kempton three miles, um, and I'm interested in him at twelves. Um, a very, a, a race I'm proper looking forward to. It's, it's nice to see a, a, a handicap that's worth a fair amount of money with a good quality field in it, uh, and of course Froden's in it as well. So, what more could you ask for? Agree, mate. I think I think look, as you'd hope with a race like this, you can make cases for a very very good number of them. Uh, I like St Calvados. I think he's got a chance as you mate. But the one I, I'd be happy to take here is a horse who I just think he's, he's still ahead of his mark. Last time out with our power. Who we've not seen since he won the uh, that that race at Ascot. They call it the London Gold Cup nowadays, didn't they? It used to be United House. Uh, but he won that when I think I were very, very keen on him. I think you might have been as well, pal. Uh when he won that from one three six, having for some reason been dropped two pounds for a fine fifth position in the Ultima, which is just form that looks so 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 strong to me, as good a, as you'd hoped, as good a handicap as you could have got in Britain last season. Obviously, then went and won uh, at Ascot on his only other start this year. He's back up to one four one here. I think connections are. Have you have the Grand National in the back of the mind for him? And I think one for one will probably just about see him in. Uh, but he's, he's, he's just completely unexposed as a three miler, isn't he? You know, only two starts over this sort of distance. One was a fifth in one of the best handicaps of the season, and he won the other one on return. Sam Thomas is a master in races like this. Uh, you know, I, I, I just think it's, it's as solid a bet as you can get, really. Here for our power. Uh, it will be a really good training performance for Captain Orr to go home in back-to-back races. And obviously, you know, he's uh, got a very, very good record in races like this and has a, a, as good a claim as it is really in Kian Quirk on board. But I think this will have to represent a career best, will not it? Yeah, this will have to step up on last year's performance. Just an interesting point you made in our power. His pedigree is very bizarre. Like he's related to a, a six furlong to a mile and seven uh, on the flat Swedish Derby winner, and uh, an Italian five furlong to a, a mile and three a horse. Like it's such a pedigree that doesn't suggest that three miles should ever be in his repertoire. But he's shown that he has a liking for it. Yeah, as you'd expect, he's a power who I kind of just think of really as a two-year-old. Yeah, agreed. You know, but uh, no, he's also liked him. I think he's still very, very unexposed. And I think everything is in place for our power to run another big race here. Eight to one, a very, very fair price for me. And if you were to nail your colours to the match, Jim? St. Calvados. <sighs> Viva Le Maxwell. Viva Le Invisible Maxwell. As we move on to the final race we'll touch on at Kempton, the Skybet Dovecote, Novices Hurdle, Hansard. Uh, tops are betting here at 6-4 to four to beat Rubo, who's freeze, Yukon Tango 11-2, 15-2 Imperial Bead, 18's Mullen Beg, 
22 is Cave Legend and 28 to 1 Postmark. Again, Jim, I just think this is very, very simple. I like Master Tua. I think Hansen uh, did him pretty much fair and square. Uh, I think he's, he's just got the beating of these again. I've put a yeah. both short price favourites in the graded races, but I don't think any of them lose. <laughs> Lump job. Um, yeah, Hansard, we mentioned the other week with Master Tui that we thought he was quite good. Um, the No Feeling Racing Syndicate have had an absolute dream run of horses so far. Um, and I think they, they could get more graded success here. Rubo, I just don't think he's... He's sort of the standard setter, isn't he, really? Like, we know what we're going to get from him. He's rated the same as Hansard. But I feel like there's more progression to still come from Hansard. Um, well, is, is Rubo, Rubo the standard setter? Because he got done by Rare Edition, who absolutely flopped next time. Got done convincingly as well. And then, OK, you know, uh, the Betfair hurdle was a race that was unorthodox. But Rubo wasn't one of the ones who was held up in Rio. You know, he he was on the pace in a race that it suited to do so. But he still finished 10th. Yeah, I get what you mean. But, like, he's the more experienced of the two. Um, and he pulled like an absolute car toss during that race, uh, during the Betfair hurdle. Um, he'll need to settle down a bit more. And well, I've still got Hansard. Hansard, you can get it six to six to four here, but everywhere else, I, I can't find six to four save my life. Um, but I think he's he's a very nice horse, and be interesting to see what they do with him. He has the entry in the Supreme. Um, what price is he for the Supreme? He's fifties. I mean, I'm not telling you to back him, and it's a wide open supreme. But, um, but, and maybe at fifties, I could be a little bit interested. Quick turnaround though. Kempton to Cheltenham was always too quick a turnaround, and we, I should learn my lesson more often. Yeah, I mean, who was last after? To win at Cheltenham, having run on this card, it must, are you going back to something like Zarkander? It must be. I can't think of an obvious one in the interim, pal. It'll have been a long, long, long time ago. Uh, Tritonic was the one that I thought was going to break the sequence, and then I got absolutely mugged off for that. Um... I think we're going back a long way if it's if it's via the Dove Cup. Um, yeah, know. I mean, Global Season won this race one year, didn't he? He's a ch- he, won the ch- he won the Cheltenham Festival last year. Yeah, he won the Grand Annual. Off <laughs> um, four years. But yeah, the, you've got to cast... It's, I don't know what it is, and, and people always get sucked into the form of, of certain races. Uh, I have to be careful what I said there. Uh, <laughs> however... Um, yeah, you you do have to go back to about what, when was Arkand about twenty ten, twenty eleven, twenty eleven. Yeah, I think I think I've looked through Jim. I think he's a special. Well, out of the handy, out of the graded races at least, is Arkander. It's just too close, isn't it? That's the problem. Yeah, they're uncompetitive. The graded races are. Yeah. Uh, that's enough slating <laughs> for one day, though, pal. Yeah, look, yeah, I, I like Hansard. I think he's he's a well above average animal, uh, and I think he should have uh, enough in his pocket to see off Rubo here. Uh, if 
if there was one at a little bit of a price, Jim, it wouldn't surprise me if we saw better from Mullenbed. Yeah, I'd agree. Which is mad to say she was beaten off one 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 four last time. <sighs> but I just don't really think Cheltenham's her track. I know she was runner-up in a, in a bumper there last season. She won, she won a listed bumper there as well. Yeah. But no, I, I, I didn't... I think she's quite quick at two miles. You know what I mean? I, I, I think she won, won races there, kind of on... She's speedy, isn't she? Yeah, and, and they held her up out of the back last, season, uh, last time in that handicap. Uh, as you say, I know she's a Cheltenham winner. But, I, I, you know, put horses against inferior horses and to one degree or another they'll win anyway. You know, I I, I think I'd expect Mullenbeck to kind of hit her peak at a sort of speedier, sharper track. Mm-hmm. You know, she's, she's very much a free-going sort, isn't she, and a pacey. Pacey enough for a, for a walk in the park out of an Oscar. But, yeah... 18 struck me as being perhaps a little bit on the uh, on the overpriced side, especially when I, I, I don't think Rubo uh, particularly ran, in, ran any better than she did last time in the Betfair. Yeah, that's fair. And, and she offers the she's the value if you fancy an each way player. There's only two places though, isn't there? Hi, pal. That's it for Kempton, mate. Where shall we go next, mate? Do you want to have a look at Newcastle? Yeah, I'll just give Newcastle a, a quick brief mention that the three races before uh, the main event of the weekend. Um, the, f- uh, the first one is the novices hurdle. Endless escapes in there. She's a she's a uh, a mare who I've got quite a fair amount of time for. Beat El Machacho on debut at Lingfield. Um, uh, fairly comfortably, and he's backed up in handicaps since. Porter beat Porter in the park by 22 lengths at Wincanton and was very gritty, beating Vicky Vale last time at Foss last, taking a fair amount of riding, but responded to a lot of pressure. Um, I don't know what price she's going to be. I, she's better than all of these, and um, she has the entry in the Mayor's Novice. I think two miles around Cheltenham might be a little bit too uh, sharp for her. I know, I know she's won round two and she's stepping up here, but she looked like she needed all of the two miles last time at Foss last. Um, whether they go there's a, a different question. She's around twenty to one uh, for the mayor's novice. She's a horse I've got a bit of time for, and I'm a fair amount of scope and size about the next season chasing. I think she could improve even more. So I, I've got a lot of time for her, and I think she'll take all the beating at the weekend. Uh, Hero Week de Mold uh, beat Tapello Mississippi. The form's been uh, let down a little bit since, but uh, we, he jumped to absolute perfection last time. If he gets his own way in the front which it looks like he will. Um, I, I don't think there's any stopping him, and at 7-4, to four, I think he's, he's a proper bet as well. And in the maiden hurdle, um, there's a few uh, unexposed ones. Um, Blue Finn ran in a maiden hurdle at Catrick, which on paper sounds horrendous, but that supreme gift who I liked last weekend, who loomed down the back one and Howling Mad Murdoch was in that. He bumped into cruise control, he's going to get his head in front, he's probably here. His main rival's hashtag boom, who's having his first, uh, who's having his, she's having her second time uh, over hurdles. Um, she ran eye-catchingly behind Ruby Island last time, and maybe the two miles is, is a little bit short for her, 
Um, but Bluefin, I think, has the form in the book. He's off a mark of 1-1-1. I'm surprised they've not decided to go down the handicap route yet. He's got an entry at Newcastle on Saturday and an entry at Air on Monday. Um, it looks like, in the form, he, he prefers a bit of dig underfoot, so he would need a bit of rain. But I think he'll go very well. Fair enough, Jim. Fair enough. On to the either, pal. Again, really competitive races. It's another one that I think is kind of a, enjoying a little bit of a mini resurgence at the bit after being a properly shite race for a couple of years. <laughs> you know, I think it is getting getting back on back on track. You know, who is rocking blues? You know what I mean? That horse won it in 2016. Genuinely never heard of him. Uh, but the first two home last year were were very good horses. Uh, anyway, they currently bet for this year's Yule of the Ida Chase, 11 to 4 Kitty's Light, to be 8 Bavington Bob and Sam's Adventure, the previous winner of the race. 17 to 2, the Galloping Bear, the Disqualified Bear, as we often <laughs> saw him now. And he was off to his 10s, Bushy Park is 11s, in Rem, Houston, Texas, no crews yet, 16s, 20s, amateur Rafa Noya. 25 to 1. But then, Jim Kitty's light looks very, very, very obvious. Back down to a mark of 132. Uh, stays all day, still only a seven year old. The just issue is, is that he's been really bad this season. <laughs> like, even that third to hand, Sam, he got absolutely whomped, didn't he? Oh, it was lazy. Very lazy. Uh... Captured properly at his money that day, and he's got to be bang bang on it again. Um, like he hasn't shown any of his farm from last year at all. But it is getting to that time of year again. Um, we have seen it last February. He, he peaked uh, and and into the uh, spring into the summer. He, he was at his best. Um, Eleven to four. Do I want to take that price? Not really. It doesn't interest me at all here. Um, we know that he stays. We know that he'll probably run his race, but at the prices, I, I can't be having him. The one that certainly does interest me, a, a bigger, a lot bigger price at 16s, is in Rem. If he oh, jumped, that's my selection. Is it actually? Yeah. Well, like this step up in trip is is what he's been crying out for for ages. He goes on any sort of ground. Um, He's off a mark of one two two. Now he was beating twenty five lengths at Chepstow over three mile two. He jumped horrendously that day, and he stayed on and stayed on. And I, I think I backed him each way at six to one in a scumbaggy bet. And at no stage of the race did I think I was going to get anything back. Uh, but David Noonan fully earned his fee. Interestingly, go here. I also think last time he's a horse that doesn't like carrying an awful lot of weight. He's not the biggest of animals. Uh, and maybe 12 stone two possibly just got a bit on top of him last time. He's he's running here, obviously, in better class of 10 stone eight. Um, this is the sort of trip I'm interested in. 16 to one's a far too big of a price against a horse who's a lot less unexposed in comparison to a few of these. Um, the step up in trip on last last running will certainly suit. Um, I, I think he's a, a really, really good each way bet for the weekend. Uh, yeah, I, I echo everything you said, Jim. This is a slow, slow, slow animal in the yeah. best possible way. Just gallops at the one pace forever. You know, I, I thought the race he won at Exeter 
on New Year's Day when he beat Lady KK, who I still kind of have half in mind as a well-handicapped horse at that at that sort of level over fences. Uh, probably just about outstayed her there. And as you said at Chepstow, he'd have been second if he didn't make an absolute hash uh, of far out, wouldn't he? And he, he plugged back on into third. So I think 16 is a massive price for, like you said, a horse on a very low weight in a race that's going to be a huge test and that we, well, we don't know that he'll stay, but I would say I'm 99% likely in Rem will appreciate the trip here. He'll be going forward at the finish. Might be very slowly, but I just think everything about him screams, screams long distance staying chaser. Uh, yeah, I liked him. Before the prices were out, I had half an eye on Babington Bob. Uh, because they've put blinkers on him, and he's a lazy so and so, as well. You know, and he, it was a a much better effort when he was second to just don't know at Kelso last time out. That that was his, uh, his best effort this season, but uh, he's been well found in the market eight to one. So I'm I'm really happy to go for in rem sixteen to one. Uh, one of the best bets of the weekend. Ooh, we're in a bit of agreement here. <laughs> Big price swing this week. Pulled up five out. <laughs> what was the what was the horse we doubled up the other week? And he got absolutely one. Was it that Sam Thomas horse in the four runner race at Warwick? <laughs> oh god, yes, Tom, so yeah. <laughs> yeah. Abysmal. That was really, really bad. Uh thanks for bringing that back up, Jim. <laughs> Delightful. Yeah, but no, hopefully, hopefully we've got the excuse this time that if it is shite, we can just say, ah, massive price. <laughs> Rather than, he drifted proper bad as well. Uh, like, he, we said he was a really good bet at even money, I think, and he, he went out to about nine to four, I think. Yeah. As per usual, Jim will take the coward's way out. Uh, <laughs> do you want to talk about the Potemps qualifier at Chepstow, Jim? Yeah. Might as well have a little touch on it. The Nip Hand and Operation Manor are five to one point favourites. Top of the bill and thanks for the help of fifteen to two. Seventeen to two Kings Keeper, nines Galileo Silver and Sony Quest. Tens Bear Gills and Dubrovnik Harry. Of course one of the turf top twelve Dubrovnik Harry, that's not gone to plan this season. <laughs> like uh, any of that. Mine <laughs> in the turf top twelve, Christ. Last year I do it on my own. Well we've got one of them, classic anthem, your bumper horse making his debut. Uh, tomorrow or Saturday? Saturday Kempton. Kempton. Yeah, yeah uh, the twelve to one bar bar them in the potential qualifier, Jim. Obviously, I think this is the last one. I'm pretty certain it is. Uh, it's an awkward one as well because the ones at the top of the betting are going to absolutely bolt, have to bolt up to get in. Yeah, they're going to have to win by a fair distance, aren't they? Which means it could be really interesting. We might be having a lot of trying in this. Uh, I think they're the right favourites as well. Uh, I just with Operation Manor here, mate. I know he was uh, beaten favourite at Newcastle on Boxing Day. He wasn't beaten too far though, just over a length. Yeah, but he won his two starts prior to that, and I, I don't think he was quite quite suited by the run of the race. Uh, at Newcastle, they've been second, you know, very very soon after the line. Uh, they went steadier than he liked. He will stay this far. 
think he's very, very solid as much as I respect the Nip Hand, who's similarly upwardly progressive. I, I think Operation Manor, uh, whilst, whilst we've seen what the Nip Hand can do over this sort of trip, Operation Manor might be the one to uh, take a, a larger step forward for it, if that makes sense. Yeah, I get what you mean. Um, Operation Manor needs to jump better for my liking. He was a bit sloppy, and maybe the further further step up in trip will, will aid him that. Um, the two that I like are, are there towards uh, the bottom of the market and are towards the top of the way. So, like Bear Gill's back over hurdles. If you'd have told me he's running off 139 after he finished fourth behind Bob Ollinger uh, at Cheltenham, I'd have probably laughed at you. Like, he's been absolutely appalling over fences after looking like that's exactly what I'd be wanting. Um, hopefully he can get back to to better ways here. Eleven to one is a price I'm certainly interested in. And Dubrovnik Harry, I have to give a mention to. Um, Chasing's not quite gone his way. He's not really enjoyed much of it. He was back over hurdles behind West Bar Bower in the Lanzarote. I'm willing to put a line through that. Um, last season I thought he was quite slow, and a three mile hurdle round Chepstow might be more to his liking. I'm willing to give him another go. Um, off a mark of one two seven. I, th- I think I think we can get something out of it. Um, it's, a, it's a competitive race. Like uh, uh, Bells of Peterborough is a horse who tends to do a decent running at Chepstow most of the time. We saw him finish second behind Flight Deck. Uh, he beat Kateson here on on soft ground in a handicap uh, in 2021. Uh, he beat Johnny B on good ground around Chepstow. It's a course he really seems to enjoy, and I know he's got a few twos and threes next to his name. Um, Tim Vaughan's horses have just come back into a little bit of form uh, won a chase at Linkfield the other day and uh, one in around the southern track so um, he's a horse to keep on side I'd, I'd, I'd be looking for more solid horses such as well I, I use the word solid but with higher ratings than, than the lower ratings they've got to win this and be fairly impressive um, a, a nice competitive potential qualifier for a change which we don't see very often in England yeah, looking forward to it, Jim. Should be a decent race. It's also a Class 2 handicap chase over two miles. Uh, six runners. Has been won by a couple of good horses down the years. You know, Fun and Bosimilis, Tidy de Gruje. Uh, have both won this, but I don't like it at all this year, Jim, and I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> all right, then. We won't, then. Unless, unless you fancy no, six. No, no, not a race I've given a lot of time to. No, agreed. Uh, finally, Jim. We might as well go to Ireland, might we? It wouldn't be without. I think this will be the last show we record before before Cheltenham, so we might as well make a final pre-festival trip over the Irish Sea and talk about the Bobby Joe Chase. I don't currently have uh, any prices for it, Jim, but the field is uh, Vanillier, carefully selected, Enjoy Dallin, Far Class, Clamorgan Duke, Kenboy, Nowhere or When, Longhouse Poet and Pencil Full of Lead. Bigger field than I think most were expecting the Bobby Joe, pal. Tidy race this year, nine of them, and I think it's competitive. The interesting one, surely, is Ken Boy, who's in this sort of level for the first time in a long time. Yeah, certainly is. Um, Paul Tannen chose to ride him over carefully selected. Uh, of course, he won the Thiestes. I, I still don't know technically how, because on that photo on the line, I was sure he was beat by Dunboy. Um but Ken Boyd steps into grade, grade three action here. Um, if he runs to anything like he's conflated in our Envoy Allen second, he will 
definitely take the beating. Um, some interesting Grand National trials being run here uh, for Pencil Full of Lead. Um, and I'm surprised you've not tipped up far class, to be honest. No, not, not in this grade, mate. Not in this sort of company. Uh, I, I, I think Ken Boy will be the one to beat, Jim. Yeah. The second in the Savills is, is the best bit of form, recent form on offer this season from this field. And it also would not surprise me if Pencil Full of Lead, uh, with, with the extra match sharpness in the belt, proved to be the biggest danger. I've always had so much time for carefully selected. But it's almost a little bit... Uh, I think he could be really, really good. But at this age, well, I thought he could be really, really good. But he did so many things wrong. And he jumped as, as well as I've ever seen him jump when he won the fire stees. But I, I still wouldn't wouldn't fully trust him for anything, really. Yeah. No, that's understandable. I, 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 I think there'll be good, creditable performances from most of the ground national bound ones here. I think it's only a Ken Boy and the the outsider nowhere or when who aren't tempted. Even Glamorgan Dukes uh, got a ground national entry. He'll, he'll take. I think he's a very bottom one, in fact, on the weights. Uh, but yeah, I'd, I'd I'd hope Ken Boy. There's not too much else he can do with him really now, is there? Unless I assume this will be a a warm-up for Aintree or Punchestown, get a one next to his name for the first time in a while, and uh, hopefully a little bit of a a little bit of an easier task for Kenboy against horses who are going to use this as a stepping stone. There is another Turf Talk horse to follow running on the card at Fairy House as well, another one of James Watson's superb selections. Carrig Sam, he's finally running over three miles. Um, he's been absolutely appalling so far this season. <laughs> Uh, his best run was probably, well, it'll have to be the eighth behind Hollow Games. Like, over two miles of trip that was completely inadequate for him. Um, I was sure Fences were going to find a bit more improvement. His points to points were decent. Um, they've really not been. Um, he was pulled up behind Hador uh, in a novice chase around Fairy House. Over three miles. This is an easier race than what he's been running in. Um I'm interested in him. I still think he there's, there's nice staying handicap jerseys to win with him. Um, but I, I thought Dubrovnik Harry was going to be a good jumper and look what's happened there. Yeah, no, me too. Mate. Would you not be worried by how uh, how quickly he went backwards, carrying Sam last time? Yeah, that that would be the only issue. But the the step up to three miles is something I'm certainly interested. He made daft mistakes last time, especially the one far out. I think that's what made him pull up. Um, a clear round of jumping, I think. I think he's got a good chance. Before we go, Jim, mm-hmm. what do you make of the Cheltenham handicap entries this week, and has your book been mullered as badly as mine? <laughs> I luckily haven't played too much in the uh, handicap field, so I'm, I've dodged a bullet, really, but I've, I've quite enjoyed... Uh, the abuse Dan Skelton's got on Twitter for no reason for not entering West Cork in, in oh, the cap. Yeah, um, I know you're pretty upset about I'd like the way you're thinking. Did you have him? Uh, uh, yeah, I know the way you're thinking. I, 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 I know. Think uh, yeah, luckily they're all non running all better, but I, I was on him at eight, West Cork at 33s. Uh, I was all over as well, lucky Max. Uh, for either the Coral Cup or the Martin Pipe, he's not in either, I don't think. 
uh, and nearly got all who was my who I've been <laughs> literally since the summer uh, in the in the hope and expectation and confirmation. I thought confirmation that he's not a two and a half miler. Obviously, went and won over two and a half miles uh, last time, and his grand national uh, grand annual participation is probably a. Uh, he could be running it national at this rate if Nichols still thinks he's going to stay three miles. Yeah, look, he tells me what I know about the horse's stamina, so I won't put it past him. Uh, yes, I'm trying to back to square one for my Cheltenham handicaps. I may, I've got a semi-interest in Dunboyne for the Kim Muir. Yeah. But other than that, I'm completely back to the drawing board, pal. Camprond. Is a horse that's been dropping a lot in the handicap, and I think it could be a superb training performance. Um, yes, if if he can bounce back, um, he's a horse I've I've been watching fairly closely, uh, and we saw him last season in the Coral Cup, um, just run late on, and he was the best of the English runners. He's dropped severely in in, in mark, and they've been running him quickly as well. Um, which makes me think he's he's a little bit of the plot job for the Coral Cup. He's also got the entry in the Martin Pipe, um, but I don't know where they're going to go with him, but I'll probably be with him wherever he goes. Yeah, I like that, mate. I, th- I think that's a very, very fair shout. I think that's it for this week, mate. Shall I just ask you for your nap? Um, nap of the weekend. We'll go St. Calvados. Ooh. Ooh. Interesting, mate. Interesting. Could I do in rem each way? Yeah, I'll give you that. I, yes, I, in rem won't be too far away for me either. No, I, I like him, and I think the, the three favourites in the grade races all win at Kempton. If you want a horrible treble uh, to lose you some money before Cheltenham, that's it. Uh, we'll next be back ahead of the Cheltenham Festival. I'm I'm away next week, and then well, there's not much point. Is uh, previewing. The weekend after that's action, so full steam ahead into the festival from now on. Me and Jim will be studying away, hopefully finding a few more winners. Uh, me starting from square one again. Uh, Jimbo, thanks for being here, pal. Thanks for hosting once again. Aye. Take care, everyone. Uh, uh, have a good weekend. See you soon. Stay safe.